Oh dear. Welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, where we discuss all things app development. I'm your host, Rob J, and in this episode, I'm going to give you my top five tips to become a better developer. Now, on to the show. Okay, so before we get into my five tips to become a better developer, just to give some context to this episode. So I've been an Android freelancer slash contractor since 2012. I worked for over 18 different companies and over 26 different client apps six in just the past 12 months. And I remember what it was like when I first started out and I'd learned some coding on my own and I'd released my own apps. And then I got my first freelance gig with a company, working with other developers. And suddenly I realized I wasn't as good as a developer as I thought I was. So if you're watching this, maybe you're new at coding, maybe you've just started, maybe you've been coding for six months and you're looking for your first gig, or maybe you've been in a role for a while and feel like you've not gotten better. Or maybe you feel like you're actually a great developer, but you just want to see if there's anything you can do to level up your skills. If any of these sound like you, then these are my five tips to become a better developer. So the first tip is to work with developers who are better than you. Now, this might sound obvious if you've been developing for a while, but if you're just starting out, something that you probably may not realize yet or kind of I think people don't really pay attention to is when you are starting out when you are learning to code you are learning to code solo when you build your own apps you do it solo and it's not until your first project where you're working with other developers working on the same code base that you can start to learn from other people and realize that your approach isn't always the best approach. In fact, usually, at least when you're starting out, it's never the best approach. And the only way that you're going to learn this is by working with other developers, preferably developers who are better than you, because then you can learn from them why their approach might be better or why your approach might need some tweaking, etc., etc. And one of the ways that you can do this, which leads me to my second point, is code reviews. So code reviews work both ways. They are super useful and they are, again, another tool that you do not get when you are learning because you are working generally as a solo developer. Now, with code reviews, the benefits of code reviews are pretty straightforward, which is you submit your code. Somebody will then review your code and ask you, why did you do this? Or I think this is a better approach. Or have you thought about doing this? If it's a good code review, that's what it should sound like. And the benefits of that is obviously it makes you think, it makes you learn different approaches because you think your approach is great. It does exactly what somebody wanted it to do. It accomplishes the task of that ticket or that feature or that bug you're trying to fix. But somebody else with more experience will be able to come with a different perspective and tell you maybe you should do it this way. And then that way you learn different ways to reach a solution and and often you learn better ways to reach that solution. My third tip to become a better developer is to move projects often. So like I said, I've been doing this since 2012. I've worked for 18 different companies. I'm pretty sure more than 18, but 18 is all I could remember. I worked for 24 plus apps and I've worked on literally six apps in the past 12 months as I record this. And one of the things that I find from people who I know who have been in a job for a while is that when you stay on the same project for a period of time, at some point, what you can learn from the people in that project and what you can learn in terms of technology and architecture, et cetera, et cetera, plateaus. You know, you know exactly how to write this app that you are doing. You know exactly how it works. You know all the technologies that are used and you code essentially like everybody else in the team codes now because you've all been learning from each other and you've all reached this certain bar. But then you kind of get limited because you can't go past that. 
So the obvious benefit of moving project is you get to work with new people, which means there's new things that you can learn. You get to work with new technologies. So you might be coming from a project that primarily just used RxJava to do, you know, networking and database functionality and all that kind of stuff. And then you might be going into a project that use strictly coroutines or Kotlin flow, and you've never worked with that before. So now there's an opportunity to learn these new technologies and learn the benefits and the pros and cons. And you might be able to take things that you learned from working in RxJava and, you know, write your own custom coroutine extension that does some of the cool things from RxJava that coroutines doesn't necessarily do. And so you get to share your knowledge that way. But mainly the key benefit of moving projects often, aside from working with new people and technologies, is you come across new problems, which means that you need new solutions. So you might have, for example, been working previously on an app. You were there for 18 months. You knew it inside out. And it was an app that was fully online. If you don't have an internet connection, it doesn't work, right? That was the point of the app. And then you might go and work on your new project could be an app that has offline capabilities. So, you know, let's say it's a social media app. Previously, you work in a social media app where you press the post button. If there's no internet connection, nothing happens. And if you don't have an internet connection, the next time you press that post button and you close the app, you lose the post. But now you're working on a project where there's offline capability. So I can write a post when I press the post button. It now needs to check if there's a network connection. If there's no network connection, it needs to cache it. And then it needs to figure out a, a suitable time in the future to re-upload that post. And it needs to have a back off period. So, you know, we try and do it so many times with an extended period in between when it's trying. And then if it can't upload the post within, let's say, 24 hours, it needs to tell the user this post failed to upload. And these are all problems that you didn't have to handle in your previous app, but now you have to handle in this new app. So these are new things that you can learn from that kind of experience. My fourth point about how to become a better developer is you need to be able to explain your coding decisions. There's an old adage, and I'm going to paraphrase it here, but it's something along the lines of if you can't explain something, then you don't understand it well enough. And I feel like that applies for most things. And especially when it comes to coding, a lot of the time, especially when you're starting out, if I were to ask you, why did you do this? Or why did you choose this library? Or why did you choose this architecture? You probably don't have an answer because you probably don't have exposure to anything else. So your answer would be you chose it because that's the thing that you know how to do. But when you start leveling up as a developer and going from a junior to a mid-level to a senior to a lead, you will start to learn different solutions to different problems and you should understand them well enough that you can explain them primarily. For example, when you submit a pull request and somebody leaves a comment on your pull request that says, why did you do this? Or have you thought about doing this? Or if you do this, isn't it going to lead to a out of memory exception or something? And if you understand your code well enough, you'll be able to answer all of those questions. I chose to do this because X, Y, and Z. And I did think about doing this thing, but I decided against it because ABC. And no, this won't cause an out of memory exception because this thing, this thing, and this thing. And so it's really helpful in PRs if you can explain yourself. It's also really helpful when you're trying to come up with a solution with other developers to a problem because you can't say to them, the solution that I've come up with is the right one because it's the right one. You should say, I think this solution is the right one because, and you should list your reasons. So then when someone else has a different solution, you can then, they can explain that to you. And then you guys can argue the merits and the pros and cons, and you can come upon the solution that you're going to move forward with. So being able to explain your coding decisions is really, really useful. And it's also really, really useful 
in an interview situation. So if you have, let's say, a take-home tech test, one of the key things about a take-home tech test is like, right, you want to get the solution right, generally speaking, especially when it's a take-home test because there's usually a correct or a wrong answer. But when you go back into the interview to review your coding test, there's 15 different ways to come up with that right answer. You chose number seven. So now you have to explain why did you choose this solution? What are the benefits? What are the pros and cons? And if they make comments and they ask you questions, you should be able to answer them. So it's really, really useful in that scenario. And it's also super useful in a live tech test scenario. So if you are in an interview and I've been in a bunch of them where, you know, the first 30 minutes is just talking, like getting to know you, getting to know about your experience. And then the last 30 minutes is a tech test where they watch you code. The main way to do well at that tech test is not necessarily coming up with the right answer, but they want to see how you think and they want to know why you are doing what you're doing. So if you're used to explaining your coding decisions or if you understand why you're making these coding decisions, then you'll be able to talk them through as you're doing it. Right. I'm going to do this. The reason I'm going to do this is because of this. And I'm thinking in the future, this might happen. So this would be really good. So we don't have to refactor this code, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's super beneficial in an interview setting as well to be able to explain your coding decisions. And my final tip about how to become a better developer is to get good at explaining technical issues to non technical people. Now, if you're wondering why you might need to do this as you level up in the developer world, so you go from being a junior developer to a mid-level developer, to a senior developer, to a lead developer, the higher you get up in that chain, the more and more you get brought into planning sessions and roadmap meetings and other kinds of meetings with non-developers. And especially in companies, generally speaking, when they're planning features for the future in their roadmap meetings or they're planning work for the next two weeks and if they're running sprints the people that are making the decisions in those meetings or at least the people that you have to convince to go forward with a decision in those meetings are generally not technical people so you need to be able to articulate to if you're working in a startup the ceo or the coo or the cfo why the solution that you are proposing for a given problem is the correct one and you can't tell them in coding terms you know this is the right solution because you know it doesn't pull the server as often and it's much more memory efficient and all this kind of stuff you have to explain it in a way that they can understand so being able to explain technical issues to non-technical people is definitely going to help you become a better developer for The reason of it's going to help you level up in your career as a developer, but also, again, coming back to that old adage, if you understand something well enough, you should be able to explain it in non-technical speak. And as a side note to that, it will also really help in those meetings because you'll be able to come up with a solution to a problem. You'll be able to articulate why that solution is, in your opinion, the right solution. And you'll be able to get a decision or you'll be able to convince the people that need to be convinced that this is the way to move forward. And also something that you see a lot in the startup world, at least, is you'll be able to explain to somebody who's not technical why what they want you to do is impossible. Now, you might think that's crazy. Why would I need to say that? But I have worked in startups where the things that they want to do are not possible. So, for example, so, for example, I worked on a project that the app would only ever work if the Android device was rooted. And I told them from the start of this project, what you're trying to do is only ever going to work on a rooted Android device. You cannot put it on the Play Store because it is not going to work for the regular user of an Android device unless they rooted it. And their and their answer to that was that they would try to come up with a solution 
they they would try to build something in the app that would root the device so that the app would work. And I was the person that then had to tell them that what you're trying to do is not possible. There is no app that will root your device, which is the reason why in Android you have things like uh, being able to flash new bootloaders and being able to flash different partitions and all of these different steps that you have to go through to root a device is not as simple as just downloading an app from the store and it will root every device that it's installed on. Plus, you void everyone's warranty doing that, so you can't do it. And these are the things that you need to be able to articulate to somebody who is not technical. That's just an example. So being good at explaining technical issues to non-technical people, or I should say getting good at doing that, is going to help you massively become a better developer. So those are my five tips. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to become a better developer. So hit me up on Twitter if you want to drop me a message. I'm at LowCarbRob. And if you're not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, I'll be dropping a bunch more content like this in future over there. So check it out at coffeeencodingpod.com forward slash YouTube. And that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or fellow developer. And if you really want to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com forward slash donate. And if you don't want to miss future episodes of the show, make sure you follow or subscribe in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee Encoding Podcast. <laughs>